Welcome to the Midwestern Method Podcast. Today, my guest is Brad Carson, uh, just a really crazy awesome guy that I've gotten to know through the Wim Hof Method circles. Uh, he's got an incredible story to tell, and I think you're really going to enjoy this podcast. Just a few things, uh, if you want to take a look in the show notes below, I uh, am offering, I've got this thing going on with Base. It's a company that does... Um, uh, functional medicine and so basically if you want to find out what your biomarkers are if you really want to know what's happening on the inside you have to check it and so uh, base is this great system where they send you a, a testing kit uh, you can either prick your finger or you, you spit in a, a vial and basically you send it in it sets up with your phone and then you get your information and they give you some um, some tips on how to improve these biomarkers. They even give you VIP treatment and you get a uh, consultation via the internet. So it doesn't matter where you live, now you can actually have functional medicine right at your doorstep. So I'm really excited about it. I've been using it. And if you want to try it too, take a look at the link below. You can use Jesse20. It's, uh, I'll have that in, the, in the, the show notes. That is a coupon code for 20% off your base subscription. Also check out Keon. I am using a lot of Keon products these days. So I've got a link in the, in the box below. If you use, there's a coupon code down there. I believe it's Coomer and you'll get 15% off on anything you buy from Keon. So all kinds of good stuff. And uh, now with all that said though, I want to get to our show today. I think you're really going to like it. Brad Carson. Welcome to the Midwestern Method Podcast. My name is Jesse and I'm here with my friend Brad Carson. This is going to be a fun conversation. And the way that I can tell you for sure it's going to be a fun conversation is because I had to interrupt the conversation that was already happening. The pre-podcast <laughs> podcast. We were just starting to get right into it. And then I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. Let's, let's, let's do the podcast, I guess. Turn on. Just got to go. <laughs> ride it out ride the wave man exactly but brad um brad is a really interesting person who i have had the pleasure of i've shared this stage with brad um uh in uh last year in 2019 and then earlier this year he and i uh we worked together in poland and uh just really have had a great time just kind of getting to bond with brad uh but i you know brad is one of these guys that has so much like you can see, if, if for those of you who are watching the YouTube, um, you're, you're going to see just an enormous amount of pieces of paper and, and framed things behind him. So I'm always impressed. I'm always impressed. And sometimes I'm like, geez, that's a lot of certifications, man. You, you're, you're super pro. And he's still in school. for punishment is what it is. I know. Seriously, I yeah. think about that sometimes. I'm like, Brad is still going strong right now in school. Um, tell me, just for our viewers, before we jump right back into what we were talking about and just go nuts, uh, could you just give us a little introduction, like who you are, maybe uh, the, what some of those things are there for? Why is it that you're hellbent on all of this education? Uh, you know, who are you, man? <laughs> oh no, and it, and it froze. It froze, right? Oh no. Oh no, we're back. Okay. Okay, it's still recording. Okay. But 
for some reason, like it. Okay, I tell you what. Why don't Do you just <laughs> and then we'll, we'll just assume everything worked out. Okay. Can, can you, do you have stuff to edit everything or? Yeah, I got, I've got the software. I'm going to add something to beginning and all that stuff too. So. Okay. Go right cool. so, so yeah. So, you know, a little bit of, of background information. And we talked about, you know, my, my wall of fame behind, you know, trying to make myself feel important. So I put all these things up on the wall behind me to remind myself, Hey, I'm doing all right. Um, <laughs> a little bit of information about me so my story i mean i can trace it back to literally the, the exact date and time so september 11th uh 2001 that happened i was a junior in college i you know had the world figured out i was you know criminal justice major i was on the you know varsity track team and you know running d1 and it was like all right i know what's going on then all of a sudden september 11th happens and it was like holy shit everything that i was doing like nothing mattered and it was just like okay we need to you know really make a change. Um, so I, ended up, I, I almost dropped out of college, ended up staying in, um, graduated a year later, uh, and then went into the Marines as an officer. Uh, amazing experience. Absolutely love the Marine Corps. Everything, I mean, we can talk for hours about all that stuff and everything that, you know, that's taught me. I, but several things, the biggest things happened to me. I was injured in the Marines. I, you know, broke my back to make a real long story short, come, fell coming down a rope. Uh, I also had, you know, some mental health issues dealing with um, one of my last positions. I was working at the Pentagon. I worked for, you know, the Commonwealth Marine Corps. Again, amazing opportunity seeing the, the sunrise over the Washington Monument in the morning from like the inside walls of the Pentagon. It was just beautiful. Wow. Uh, but then I, I also uh, wrote all the condolence letters for wow. the entire Marine Corps. And, you know, didn't realize the emotional toll that it was taking. Back then, it was just, you know, I'm tough. I'm a Marine. I'm not, you know, going to yeah. get upset. And so I'm just writing a letter, like, big deal. And, you know, all of a sudden, ended up getting out and was a mess for a long time. You know, put on a lot of weight, fell into addiction and depression. And, I mean, every, you know, PTSD and everything just, you know, piled on, piled on. And so for me, I started getting, you know, a lot more into health, you know, for my own benefit, learning how to take care of myself was number one goal, number one priority. It's like, if you're, you don't feel good mentally or physically, what the hell are we doing? Right. Um, so yeah, so then it's been kind of a personal mission over the past, you know, several years collecting, you know, degrees and certifications. So I've gone from uh, the strength and conditioning side of it. I'm a personal trainer, I'm a, a CSCS. Uh, which is a certified strength and conditioning specialist. So I've worked with, you know, the former strength coach for the Red Sox and Bruins, uh, Mike Boyle, great guy in Boston. Um, had another opportunity working at another place uh, right outside Boston Athletic Evolution with uh, Eric Kalanitis, was the former strength coach. Oh, excuse me. He's a strength coach now. He was a former captain of Syracuse football. Uh, worked with a lot of pro athletes. It's just, you know, amazing. You think you're in shape. And then you see some <laughs> pro athlete like doing squats while standing on a balance ball while like juggling at the same time. Right. Like, All right. Okay. This is just next level. Um, and then, you know, started getting more into, uh, you know, the other things that impacted health and wellness and stumbled across Wim Hof method. Yeah. Really overheard two guys talking in the locker room about like doing push-ups, holding their breath and, you know, taking free. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? So, you know, dove into that and started just with the, that original online course. Um, oh, yeah. The you do the first, did you do the online, the original course? That's all that existed at yeah. the time. Was that the too? Yeah, it was like Wim and Bart in a basement and a couple other guys. And it was just, who is this guy? Like, what is going on? Is this legit? Like, I had never <laughs> seen a YouTube video of him. 
never seen a podcast of him. All I had was this like, you know, old VHS tape footage. Oh, well, and for the longest time, really in the States, you couldn't, there wasn't anything in English. Like I always tell the story whenever I first found out about Wim Hof, it was just this one article and it, it was, uh, and I clicked on it just as a, it was kind of like you had sometimes, I don't know if you ever do this, where you get to the weird side of the internet. You just kind of want to see how weird you can get that day. And Oh, you go to that rabbit hole. You never come back. Like, okay, um, the tablets of Toth and all yeah. the, you know, the Akashic ruins and all the- Hey, we can get into that too. We ancient can get, we can aliens go, and stuff, you know? And then, then I, and then I clicked on this thing. It said, um, learn to control your immune system consciously. I'm like, yeah, let's yeah, bullshit. weird with it, you know? And then it turned out to change my life, right? Yeah. <laughs> weird. But you Absolutely. overheard some people, and so you took the same course that I first took, the 10-week the yep. course. Yeah, that original, and it's, you know, halfway, you know, you start watching it, you're like, do I really want to follow this guy? Like, what Not is right? going on? I had never seen any science behind it, nothing. Um, and it was funny, so when I finished the 10-week course, uh, the, the Saturday I was going to finish, Wim was going to be in New York City. And oh, this wow, is God. like three years ago, three, three and a half years ago, four years ago. I don't remember. Um, so anyway, so typical Marine, the, the thing starts at noon. I show up at 9 a.m. And oh, I'm like the first. Oh, yeah. And there's nobody there. Because again, this is before like Joe Rogan and, you know, oh, Aubrey yeah. Marcus and all these people are talking about Wim. So, you know, I get there, I'm looking around the building. There's nobody there. I see people literally like setting up the stage and the scaffold. And so, so I walk around back and the parking lot it has a gate to it, but the gate's open. So I stick my head around and I'm looking in and you know, who's sitting outside by himself blowing up one of the, the giant 10 per inflatable bulls just with his mouth sitting there like, like obviously it's Wim Hof. Yeah. Like he doesn't need, who needs a pump? Right. So I walk over, I'm like, <laughs> I walk over, I'm like, Wim, he's like, yeah. I said, do you need some help? He goes, yeah, man, blow up a pool. We got four more. And I'm like, okay. Like, thank God I had done the program. I probably would have passed out you know, right. sitting there trying to just blow this pool with my mouth. And so we started talking and then, you know, I shared, you know, my story with him with, you know, using this for injuries and using this for, you know, mental health benefits. And I had mentioned and before, I, I didn't even know anything about the instructor program. And I was like, you know, I would love to do that to work with you guys. Uh, because at that workshop, it was uh, Wim and Laura, his daughter, um yeah. uh, brandon was there um okay. brandon, luke white. Brandon powell? Brandon. yeah brandon powell luke white um okay. bart uh beermans okay um and then there was like one other instructor and, and he had like just like he was still like going through the program i think and there were like 500 people and so when you know so i'm talking to women and we're shooting the breeze you know for hours as we're you know literally helping them set up the food and all that so i got to hang out with women laura Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, so I mentioned the instructor room. He's like, great, you're in. I'm like, okay, cool. Thank you. Like, <laughs> and then he's like, you know, he's like, you know how to do this. I'm like, well, yeah, I just did the 10 week course. I literally just finished. And he's like, great, you're teaching today. And I'm like, he's like, you get a pool. Brandon has a pool. Luke has a pool. And I'm like, what? Like, so my first workshop was, you know, I wasn't an instructor and it was with 500 people. <laughs> so it was oh just... God. You know, trial by fire. You happened, I mean, this is all happenstance. I mean, you, you happened to show up early. You happened to bump into Wim Hof that day. Yeah. You, to, uh, you know, 
of course, this is very much whim, though. Whim oh, is of course, a guy yeah. who's like, he's going to put you in a situation. You're like, okay, I don't yes. know if I'm ready for this, yeah. but I guess, I guess I'm doing it, you know? Yeah, it was and, so funny. And even there was ABC News was there, and he's like, I want them to talk to you after they talk to me. I'm like, uh, okay. You told him, you told him your story, I guess. I yeah, I told him about, you know, um, I mean, one of the injury, I've broken both my arms twice each. I got a plate in one arm. I got, you know, nerve damage down my legs and my back is just, just destroyed. Right. And, you know, I was talking to him about that and I mentioned, you know, about writing condolence letters and it was funny. Wim was the first person was like, oh man, like talk about PTSD. And I was like, no, I don't have PTSD. Like, no, I, I, I don't. And he's like, that's PTSD. And it was, and that never, and it wasn't until years later, they, you know, just recently changed my, you know, so I have, uh, I'm medically retired from all the injuries and the Marines are like, okay, we screwed this one up. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, that, it recently just got changed to, you know, PTSD as a, as a, a diagnosis for me, which is, you know, strange to say, but almost a relief because it's like, okay, all the depression, all the anxiety, everything that I was going through, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that to me, I mean, because I had never meditated. I had never done yoga, like none of that. And so okay. my first, yeah, my first introduction to yoga was whim. Um, <laughs> and it was so funny. So when I ended up, so I'm, you know, I'm doing the instructor course and, you know, getting more into the science and all that stuff. So I said, well, I, I should probably go become a yoga instructor just because I didn't know, like, I didn't know all the Sanskrit, like half the stuff, you know, I'm talking to whim. It's like talking oh, yeah. to him is like talking to Yoda. And I'm yeah. just like, he, he speaks in like these sentence fragments. It's like, you know, trust you must. I'm like, what? Like, just talk, man. And sometimes um, I think he says things just to see what you're going to respond, how you're going to respond. I'll never forget one time he started talking. Um, well, he started talking when we were out in um, San Jose. He started talking to this. There's this one uh, person that was there and they were doing like a documentary or something like that. And he started talking about. Oh, what is the, um, oh man, I can't think of it now, but it's about this one story and it's, um, Munchausen. It's yeah. Uh, Baron von Munchausen, which is this old German story, you know, from the 1800s. And, and it's, it's a silly story where the guy can fly on, uh, he, he can fly on like cannonballs. And the, the, the girl was like, Oh really? Wow. But I think he was kidding. I don't. I don't even know. I was like, okay. you never know. It, huh. And that's the one thing I always say about Wim is he is the most genuine person I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Most people, you know, you're one way with your family, you're one way at work, you're one way with your friends. Right. It's like, nope, Wim is Wim. Like whatever pops into his head is going to come out of his mouth. So watch out. <laughs> but it's amazing. Um, so yeah, so I got, so I, you know, so I started, you know, I dove into yoga and did the, you know, the yoga teacher training. I did a 200 hour and it was so funny. I'll never forget that we're sitting there the first time. It's me and all women. Um, yeah. Just, you know, I'm the guy in the, in the yoga instructor class. And so we're going around and they're saying, you know, let's talk about your injury history and then <laughs> um, your yoga practice, like how long you've been practicing yoga. And so I'm, I literally, I'm just like laughing at this point. So they're going around the room and one girl is like, you know, I, I don't really have any injuries and I've been practicing for, you know, 20 years and it's going around like the shortest amount of time I think was five years. Right. And it gets to me and I go through like just a snippet of the injuries and they're looking at me like, are you okay to do this? <laughs> and then so they say, well, you know, how long have you been practicing? And I said, I've been to like four classes. Right. I've been to four yoga classes, like ever. Just and, and 
Yeah, didn't know any of the po- like I knew like downward dog and child's pose. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Everything else. And they're like, Do you think you could do this? I'm like, I don't know. I, I've been practicing, I've been doing, you know, the breath work and meditation for you know a while now. And it was so funny because everyone typically in the West will start their yoga practice just with, you know, the asanas or you know, That's typical Yeah, you'll start that yes. you'll, then you'll expand out. Right. Yes. And I started, you know, backwards according to Western tradition. But to me, it's the way that yoga was started. Like yoga's been around for you know thousands of years. I love that you mentioned that, you know, in your book, talking about, you know, the the history of yoga. And it's like, you know, there we go. Uh-huh. Um We'll talk about that in just a second. But yeah, um, you know, the yoga's been around for four or 5,000 years, depending yeah. on which ancient text you're, you're referring to. And again, it's been translated from, you know, dead languages. Um, but it wasn't the poses. The poses are only a couple, like 100 or so years old. It was like early 1900s when they started, you know, really saying this pose will help you. Um, and to me, I've taught yoga classes, you know, here in the U.S. and I've gotten a much, it's funny because when we were in Poland, I think I thought I got a much better reaction from the way that just doing a little bit of yoga, talking about, you know, moving with your breath. And if you're, if you lose your breath in a pose, you're done that pose, like come to child's reset, regain your breath, try it again to get to the pose while you're, you know, controlling your breath. You're ma- you maintain your, your state of peace and calmness. Because yeah. so many times now it's like jazzercise. People are like, I'm holding the pose. I'm holding. I'm holding. I'm doing. I'm like, you've lost already. Just stop. Just <laughs> go into child's, gain your breath, and like, let's try that again. Um, but yeah, so yeah, you so you held up your book. So yes, congratulations to you, sir. Oh, uh, so I will say uh, about your book. So I just went through it. Uh, I've been through, you know, went go through every chapter, um, didn't go into every single nut because there's so much in it. Um, but I just, you know, post, posted a little review. And to me, it's taking very complex processes going into, you know, neuroscience and psychology to physiology and exactly not only what's going on in your brain, but what's going on in your body and how you can start to influence these processes. And it breaks it down into, you know, easy to understand. Like I said, you know, small digestible bites, because if you're trying to say, okay, you know, let's figure out neuroscience in an hour. Good luck, man. Um, but yeah. And then going, going into, you know, the, the yoga stuff and, you know, the evolutionary biology stuff. Um, I'd love to hear more about that. Well, thanks, man. And the thing is, I think it comes down to there's, there's a certain amount that I think is important to understand what you're doing so that it can benefit you. Like understanding some of the basic principles and why some things are the way they are, I think is really important. And then I think sometimes we get into the minutia a little too much, you know, and sometimes, and, and it, it's like whenever we first became instructors of anything, if, or I, I think, you know, people watching or listening, you, I think we can all kind of relate to how whenever you fall in love with something and then someone is like, oh, yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Like, it's hard not to just completely just down, try to download, you know, like Matrix, in the Matrix, you know, Neo's like, I learned Kung Fu. They, he just got it downloaded into yeah. his Oh, yeah. It's really that simple. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think, I think it's so hard sometimes when you love something not to – uh, download every tiny little information in, when, into a conversation. And if you do that, you're overwhelmed. You're not helping someone. And it's not how any of us really learn. We learn simply. We learn the fundamentals. We learn the basics. 
And the thing is, what I try to do in the book, I think that anybody, anybody who's already got a breathwork practice will benefit from it because there's so many different facets of breathwork. And this is what we were talking about before we, before we started recording today, you know, because you and I, we both have a lot of the same interests. We both, we both do a lot of weight training. Um, it's, it's this interesting combination here in the West, you know, where, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, you might, a person might consider kind of macho. And then there's so many things that we're into that are incredibly like a, you know, I guess just completely vulnerable, you know, and this is, this is, I think one of those things that one of the reasons why we connected in Poland um, is, is, is that combination, right? And, um, you know, and when it comes down to athletic training, when it comes to even just a level of anxiety that we carry with us, just as we go around with life, you know, you and I both have had our struggles with, uh, with drugs and addiction, and it's, it's easy to find a crutch, I think. Um, and, and it's, I think it's so liberating to find out, Hey, guess what? You've got a lot more under your control than you think you do. Um, and with the drugs, you can get high on your own supply. So why would it's, it's a lot cheaper. You know, there's no hangover. <laughs> you, you know, and the thing is, whenever you take a drug, you you're just eliciting the brain to create the chemical you want. You know, it's, yeah. it, you've got really the, the real dispensary is in your brain. Yeah. And what we can do with, and, and this is where I think, especially with yoga, you know, and of course I was, it was so awesome. You led the yoga class, uh, multiple different yoga and then guided meditation. Like guys, I'm just saying, uh, if, if you're in the, if you're in the East coast, go to a, a workshop or, or something with Brad, because he's just incredibly good at putting you into that state. Um, and, and the thing is with yoga, now I was more typical. I, I started with meditation. Well, I started with weight training and fitness, you know, a lot of that. And then I kind of went into yoga and meditation. And then from there, uh, some breath work because I was really bad at meditation. <laughs> and so I started going into the breath work from, from that point. But, um, but yeah, I think there's so much that a person can do if you understand the fundamentals of, of your physiology. Mm -hmm. um, now, with you, with you, the training that you do, you've got, of course, the yoga, and then you've also got the strength training. Mm -hmm. um, that's a pretty powerful combination. Yeah, it's a it's a balance. Like anything else in life, I you know not only like to balance you know my when I'm working to my rest time, but also just the balance of types of workouts that I'm actually doing. So to me, when I'm strength and conditioning training, or, you know, I, I like lifting weights and it's, I lift angry. I put on, you know, Eminem and rage against the machine and I'm like, you know, getting every, you know, bit of frustration out of me. And to me, that's, that's therapy. I mean, obviously I, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because this is something where I, I, I have this belief that I've kind of, I don't know. I'm going to run it past you, but I don't know. Maybe we talked about it, but I do think there is a time that we as individuals need to kind of get the violence out of our system. You know, there's this, there's a certain primal urge for, I mean, I think we all have this primal urge for violence. Um, it's just, it's just kind of built into, I mean, if you think about human history, sure. it's obvious we're a violent, uh, yeah. we're, 
creature. And so I think this is where oftentimes, like for instance, I'll do the same thing. I, I used to say that if, if you could get like just a recording of a bunch of machine guns and, uh, <laughs> and some heavy metal guitars, that's pretty much all I need to work out to, you know? Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so like, I, I think sometimes I go into the gym, I get into that headspace, mm -hmm. um, and then you can, I think it's really healthy. I see a lot of young kids, like, of course I'm right now. Okay. So the, the, the thing behind me, so this is not even my house or anything. This is my office at uh, the university. My wife is busy doing, she's doing her, her uh, doctoral um, homework. I guess I'm just friends with, I like people who are constantly getting educated, I guess, Brad. Apparently, you know, that's the way to me. <laughs> but, but like, so I, she kicked me out. And so I'm here in my office and, um, but anyway, where was I going with that? What was I talking about? I started talking, thinking about my wife and then I That's got okay. uh, we, we went over a couple of different times. No, so, no, so it started with the, you know, using that strength training to get out, you know, anger, frustration, just being a, but it's being a man. I'm sorry. Like I'm still a Marine. Like once a Marine, always a Marine. I can't get that out of me. Right. And I love it. But at the same time, if I don't find a channel or an avenue to use that anger, that frustration, that whatever, I'm going to explode. And it, it's, I, I think so many times, you know, I, when I teach workshops, I say, you know, if you don't, if you suppress your emotions long enough, you're going to end up depressed or you're going to blow up. Exactly. And I, and I, I, I remember the train of thought. I finally remember. But, and the, yeah. this is exactly what I was going to be talking about is basically the fact that we have to learn to deal with this element of humanity, right? We have it within us. And oftentimes I go to the gym, I work out here at this university gym um, and I'll see a lot of kids that are working out and they're, you know, and, and all of the, what I would say, oftentimes we look at these behaviors as, um, as negative, right? So they're, they're like, you know, they're, they're, they're being very overtly, you know, masculine. They're being overtly aggressive in their in kind of like the way they're walking and, and, and maybe they'll even be, um, kind of scowl on their face and you know sometimes us, us guys who are a little older we look at them and we're like oh man okay all right all right cool kids you know you're, but you're i've been i mean uh, again i've been that 20 year old in the gym who's lifting weights who's like trying to look tough and now i mean don't get me wrong i'm sure i look angry during the set but then once i finish i'm like ah, oh, you know relaxed well and that's the thing i i i think a lot of times the, a, a person will look at that. And sometimes I think people get intimidated by people whenever they see the you know, especially young men in the gym working out like that. And, and there's this whole, you can tell there's testosterone pumping in the gym, you know, but I always think, I always think about this. I'm always so happy that they're there. You know, this is something that I, myself, I avoided all of my, I tried to just, instead of facing these primal urges and, and, and these, these things in my, my psyche, I just, I tried to ignore them and avoid them. And, mm -hmm. and they, they did, they manifest in terrible, bad ways. These yeah. kids, you know, as, as much as we might giggle a little bit, right. Because it's like, well, you know, it's almost adorable to see these, you know, these little guys, you know, really, you know, they're lifting too much weight and they're, you know, you know how it is. 
But it's yeah. one of those things where I'm so happy to see them there addressing this thing inside of us, um, training their bodies. It's so much better in the gym getting it out of their system there than, you know, I don't know, out in the streets or doing, well, you know. And, and, yeah, I, I, was, I was just going to bring that up too. It's like you look at everything that's going on in the world nowadays with, you know, social justice and don't get me wrong, all of these things are are credible. They're issues that need to be addressed, but there are proper ways to address them, you know, by getting out and voting, by changing laws, by looking at what we're doing. And there are improper ways, people who are have so much, you know, anger and hostility pent up inside that. And then it's leading to, you know, crazy things, all, I mean, riots and everything else. It's like, you never know. To me, if you don't express your emotion, whatever it is, if it's anger, if you have anger, good, go punch a punching bag in the gym, go do some martial arts. Oh my God, martial arts. Don't take it out on someone else because if you don't, you're going to explode and take it out in a way that's going to be unhealthy for everybody. And and this comes down to, I think, something that um, I know I've struggled with and it's something, but it's something that I'm, I, I am so happy that eventually, you know, I, I, I started to really focus on this. And I think you and I, you know, our stories have this in common is that um, it's this, this certain degree of, you have to acknowledge, respect, and learn to control your emotional state, right? Mm -hmm. and, and this is something that, yes, there, there are some things that you can do on an intellectual level, um, you know, I'm a big fan of the stoic philosophy and I'm, you know, there's a lot of those things, but I do think there is something that you have to do. You have to engage your body. You know, you have, to, whether it is ice bathing. I mean, that right there is a humbler, right? Sure. Every I, damn time. I, I, I know of a story that just popped in my head that you told me about how you were once humbled. <laughs> Oh yeah, my my, my humbling. Oh uh, my god, cold exposure experience. This is what I, I I want everybody to hear because it's something that on this channel, of course, I talk about cold training all the time. You know, uh, for those of you guys who are who are interested in, in getting really deep deep into cold training, obviously find a Wim Hof Method instructor or take a look uh, at the links below. I've got my ebook for um, a practical guide to cold training. But one of the things that one of the ways that whenever I wrote that, that ebook and it, it was, and, and whenever you go and for instance, if you, if you get training from Brad, you're going to learn from people who have pushed themselves beyond the limit. Yes. <laughs> tell the story, tell it. Okay. So uh, there's a, there's a couple of disclaimers to this story. So the first disclaimer is uh, this is, you know, after I started Wim Hof method training, this is before I was an instructor uh, before I really knew what the hell I was doing and understand about, you know, checking my ego at the door being, you know, step number one in cold exposure. Uh, the second disclaimer is obviously don't do this. This is one of those stories of no, no, don't do this, this is what you should not be doing. Uh, so obviously it starts with, you know, gradual exposure to the cold. Uh, get yourself in the hands of an expert, uh, another instructor. Uh, anyway, uh, that all being said, uh, the story. So um, I've been doing cold exposure regularly. You know, I have my meat freezer ice bathtub set up, doing it every morning, you know, a couple minutes. I'm good. Uh, my plan was, so I live on the East Coast. Uh, so you get the sunrise over the, over the ocean at the beach. Uh, so my plan was on uh, New Year's Day, so January 1st, I'm going to go to the ocean, I'm going to, you know, do a nice cold dip, and watch the sunrise. Sounds like a great plan. It sounds like a great plan, yes. 
so so far that was you know a good plan so i'm watching the weather you know prior to that week and it's starting to get cold and when i say cold i mean really freaking cold yeah um so the the air temperature uh at the beach uh when i got there in the morning was negative seven degrees fahrenheit okay we're gonna have to do some conversions the, so, I, yeah for for all the uh, yeah i get confused when we're talking about Celsius. it's like negative fucking seven million in, in celsius it's really cold okay so negative seven fahrenheit and this is a problem that Brad and I had in Poland. Yeah. And I've had emails from people who are like, Jesse, you can do better than this. They've seen me struggle. And I do you have your calculator I, out? Do you have a calculator to, to convert this? I had to do the Google thing. Okay. So negative seven Fahrenheit in Celsius. Okay. That's negative 22 degrees Celsius. It sounds okay. So, so, so it gets worse. So then with the wind chill that morning, it was negative 25 degrees Fahrenheit air temperature. So let's look so at And we're not even talking the water yet. We haven't even gotten to the water. Yeah. So fucking cold. So it's like negative, you know, negative 70. I mean, it's so, or negative 60 in, in Celsius. Anyway, so it's cold. It's one of those when you walk outside, you take a deep breath and immediately your nose hairs freeze. Right. That's when you know it's cold. Weird freezing weather, just for it, my oh, beard. Yeah, so we're, we're going to get, I didn't have a beard then, but yeah. I'm working on it. Yeah, I like it. It's winter. Like it. Uh, anyway, so the story. So I get to the beach, it's negative 25 uh, with the wind chill, air temperature. So I'm walking out there and, you know, the sun is just starting to, to peak. And so, I mean, it's, the, the water, I'd never seen this before. The ocean was actually like a giant slushy. It was just <laughs> ice and slush. And the, the water, I have no idea what the water temperature, the air temperature was so cold, there was steam rising off of this water that has sl ice slush in it. So yeah. I'm like, ah, that's got to be cold. So I, you know, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm staying calm. I'm focusing on my breathing. So I start walking out, I walk in and it's, it was kind of low tide. So it took me, you know, a couple, you know, 50 meters, 50 yards to walk out into the water and I, you know, I, I get under and I just dive in and I go under and I stand up and immediately when I stood up, I knew it was bad already because <laughs> I was feeling warm. My body felt oh, warm no, yeah. and the, the water was a lot warmer than the air. So it was almost like I didn't want to get out because I knew right. it was going to be worse when I got out. I've so been I got out. I hate that. Cause yeah, yeah so I, then you're stuck almost and you just yes. got the ice. So yes. Yeah, so I so I stand up and immediately my hair was frozen, like mm. completely frozen, bathing suit completely frozen, like a brick. Mm. So you know I'm walking out and I had you know my towel, my, I had a you know hooded sweatshirt, I have you know slip-on sneakers and whatever. By the time I walked to my towel, my hand I couldn't use my hands, like zero blood on my hand. I mean white, yeah. white, white, white hands. Couldn't use them. I so at this point I also knew I needed to get off my wet bathing suit. Right. Uh, which is interesting because it's sunrise on New Year's Day oh boy. Uh, at the beach. And so there's a line of cars there. Everyone's just sitting in their cars because they're not crazy. I'm oh, the only oh, person outside. Yeah. But they're all sitting in their cars lined up watching this one person who don't <laughs> <have to, laughs> like, now have to get naked. Outside. He's now doing outside get... today. Great. Yeah. yeah so, I, so I get off my wet bathing suit. I put on my pants. I put on my sweatshirt. At this point, my hands, I couldn't feel my hands and feet at all. Yeah. So I couldn't even get my shoes on. Uh, so I, you know, I walked them and I left my car running so that, you know, it was warm in there. Uh, I was, 
I, my plan was to, you know, start doing some, you know, some nice squeezes, some, you know, brown fat activation. Right. At that point, I also thought, okay, if I were to pass out from squeezing too much, because I'm clearly not, that's a really bad idea. So I just, you know, stayed calm, um, sat in the car for a little while uh, so I could, you know, get some feeling in my hands. I drove to a, a convenience store, a gas station that had, you know, a Dunkin' Donuts coffee shop in it. So I got a coffee and I was literally walking around the store because it was warm and I needed to keep moving my body. Yeah. yeah. And so after, you know, two minutes, I'm literally doing, you know, laps around the, the popcorn and candy rows. And they're like, are you okay? Thinking yeah, I'm like I, crazy. And I'm like, well, no, I just went in the ocean. I'm just trying to warm up. And they're like, you did what? Like, <laughs> do you know how cold? People are literally like running from the gas, like the car to the running into the store because the air is so, and with a coat on. And oh, yeah. I just went, and they're like, Oh, okay. and it was so yeah it was bad i definitely got I, and it was funny i got frostbite on the bottoms of my feet uh just from walking on you know the beach and having that being really cold so i mean the whole bottom of my foot peeled off uh i can't you know drove home did a lukewarm bath uh just to allow myself to warm up but i mean it was one of those experiences where it was it was dangerous and one i definitely should not have been there alone but it was just, you know, who's going to go with me when it's negative 25 to the beach? And I was like, well, I'm fine. But again, really should have, you know, checked my ego several times. And when I got there, I should have said, well, I don't need to go in. But again, my ego is saying, oh, you're trained. Like, you can do this. And it was just like, I, I could do this, but do I, like, should I at this well, point? And, and that's the thing. So you were trained. That, that's, that's the thing that, that I think is, is really important to even think about, you know, a person who had you had done regular ice bathing and sure. you were you were actually very well trained you had the mindset you understood the the basics you understood the inner fire breathing technique sure. um, you know that's that's a breathing technique that um that is incredibly complex complicated to get to pull off mm -hmm. uh, and and actually continuously make yourself you know feel warmer uh, so you have a lot of tools at your disposal. And oh, yeah. And that kept me alive. I mean, no yeah. exaggeration. Like, if I didn't know all the information, I would have died. Like, that's, you know, conditions that people would die in. And it's yeah. just like, I again, I'm, I'm a Marine. I'm a little, you know, I'm a glutton for punishment to an extent. <laughs> I you know, like working out hard. And people are probably like, this guy's out of his damn mind. Like, why? Well, do you remember, do you remember when we had the... I don't actually you you don't live in the Midwest, so you don't remember this. Uh, the polar vort we had these polar vortexes, and I know you guys have them sure. out. Too, yeah. But we had this polar vortex that was going to bring the temperature. And again, guys, I don't please don't email me and scold me for not remembering the Celsius thing. We're I Americans, I'm, sorry. Thomas, I know I apologize. It's fun to apologize. It's kind of I'm having fun. Anyway, okay, so this is how cold it was. All right. Negative. 21 degrees Fahrenheit to Celsius. So, oh, it's only 29 degrees Celsius. I don't, I don't get the See, that. I don't understand the scale either. All I know is 32 is zero, right? Yeah, just to, just, just to reiterate, you know, we had these, these two American guys here, you know, we were over in Poland talking about, you know, how many feet, how many miles to go, uh, you know, with people from every other country. And I don't know why the United States, we were just like pretty much the only people in the planet that's like, no, let's do Fahrenheit. Let's stick with Fahrenheit. Well, let's, uh, let's do the imperial system. That sounds good. I don't well, know. They tried to change, they tried to change the metric system, but they figured out it would have cost too much money because they would have to change like every single sign. Like 
Oh, Every uh, sign on the highway that has to be changed to like kilometers to miles or something. Can't, can't, so we're just stubborn Americans. They tried to. I, I don't remember who the president was that, that started doing all that stuff. I don't know, but but anyway, so so just for those of you guys listening, just imagine the, these two Americans. We keep on trying to convey information, and of course, we we feel like the bumbling idiots half the time. We're like, uh, okay, you got your cell phone. What is this? So anyway, we're trying. Uh, it's just here in the states, we just never use those other things and of course i do because i've got the channel but and anyway anyway i disagree we were the power duo we're the, the powerful americans in poland we yeah. group together. and between you know our collective experience i think we had every medical condition uh every injury every you know history we had it all covered it was it was interesting that is for sure and and of course then we had um we had monica who was this this amazing icelandic or she's scandinavian uh, ice swimmer. Yeah, she lives in Norway now. At just amazing, absolutely, just incredibly talented. Uh, so we had a great team. But but you know when it comes down to it, so I I was you were talking about the, the frostbite on your feet, and that's something that um, that I really whenever I get I get a lot of questions about ice cold training like outdoors because I think a lot of people. And this is why I wrote the ebook. Um, I don't know if I've ever sent you this ebook. I'd love to get your your. Feedback. Yeah, no, I, have, I haven't. I haven't gone through the ebook. I'll send you a copy sometime soon. After this, I'll send it to you. But, uh, I'm in my second edition, uh, and and I'm I'm going. Here's the thing. I'll make this promise on the air that uh, I'm going to be turning it into an audio book. I'm, I'm going to be working on audio books next, but. I'm actually. What's weird is I'm really good at extemporaneously speaking but reading aloud and i'm an english professor right come on man uh, you speak for a living you get paid to speak in front of I, people I'm better at just off the cuff but anyway exactly polar vortex came into the midwest and it was all over the news my wife as soon as she heard it was i got this text as soon as she heard about it in the news she's like i know what you're planning <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and you know that was it was kind of that that was the first text. And I'm like, I'm like, I I'm not I'm not cheating on you. And I, you know, as a husband, it's like, what what do you think I'm doing? I know what you're planning. I I'm gonna be so mad at you. And I was like, what did I do? You know? And it, she's like, this polar vortex. I know what you're wanting to do. And she was right. She was right. So you know, this polar vortex is gonna come in. It's gonna be super super cold. Um, and I couldn't wait to go out and experience that. Well, um, she was really, she was really like, no, I don't want you to do this. You need to stay indoors. My, my mother, my dear old mother, she was like, Jesse, uh, I, I just wanted to call. You're not planning on, <laughs> you're not planning on going out there in the cold, right? You, you, you you've got a little sense about you. I'm like, uh, not now, you know? So, oh yeah. but the thing is, I, I did, <laughs> I did, but it was one of those things where, and, and this is something that we have to coach and, and I, and cold trainers, we have to, we have to really be, take this seriously. And this is where, you know, coming back to that conversation of, of ego and, mm -hmm. and really learning to control your emotions and, and, and using the body, but also being in touch with that. You know, I remember I walked outside Whenever it was, it, it it was super super cold, um, 
and you know just opening the door the, like everything was frozen you know the door had a little bit of frozen mm -hmm. stuff because all the moisture in the air had frozen to something um mm -hmm. and of course i walked outside in nothing but shorts you know i was barefoot and i just walked down the driveway and back just to kind of experience it because mm -hmm. i'd had enough moronic experiences in my day you know sure. that i was like we all oh. have and and since since these people in my life were already saying i told you so before i did anything mm -hmm. stupid i was like i'm not going to give them you know the satisfaction but, but i you know just you know as as you walk down whenever it's that cold you know your feet are freezing on contact to the ground mm -hmm. just the moisture is freezing sure you know i i was i was just like okay i have to be smart about this and so um, and so I, I put shoes on and I, I made sure to cover the extremities and all these things that I'd learned through, through trial and error. And of course, you know, I post on Instagram or something like that. I, it was either Instagram or it was, it might've been on YouTube, but people were commenting. It's like, well, why are you wearing a hat? You know, as if, as if all well, the internet trolls, they always have something to say. Diminished the yes. cold it's like, do you realize the hat is not hurting this cold experience. It's actually keeping my ears from freezing off because the, the extremities, man, yeah. I, mean, I don't have to tell you, I don't have to tell you, but those extremities, they will get you. And, and the thing is the, the just, especially whenever it's, it's funny because at least water, you can't get in it whenever it's too cold. Right. So, cause it's solid. Yeah. <laughs> when you, when you yeah. get into water, it's, you, you know, like, it's funny because I remember whenever I was training with, uh, with Wim and we were in that first class in 2016, there were times we got into lakes and it was warmer in the lake than it was outside, you know? Sure. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, I was like, and of course he wanted to, you know, he, he wanted to say some things, right? And sometimes Wim can, he can, he, talk, he can talk for a while. He can talk for a little while. And we were all in our shorts and just completely as naked as possible, you know, and, you know, there was a, a glaze of frost on all of the world at the time, you know, and I was like, boy, I can't wait to get in this freezing water. And I literally was like, man, that water is looking pretty good right now. So yeah, so it's, it's one of those things, it's an ego. It, it's really, I think one of the best things a person can do is train with something like that and learn temperance and, and, you know, learn that, mm -hmm. So to really temper that, that ego, um, yeah. weight training, I think is another one that can be like that. Um, it's something where at some point you have to realize that you're not there to impress the other dudes at the gym. Oh yeah. You know, and I think any, anybody that's ever gone to the gym and I, and I don't, I, I think, you know, from a lot of the women that I've talked to that they just don't want to be hassled. Right. And I, and I totally understand that. Right. But a lot of the dudes will go in and they're looking at the other dudes lifting maybe a bigger weight or whatever. And they will, and I've done it too, uh, try to, Oh, well, I'm going to lift more than I really should mm -hmm. suffer injury. And who knows what else, because there's that ego that says, you know, so, this person that I've never even met over here, Who's, who's probably a few years deeper into his, his training, you know, is lifting a heavier weight. If, and for those of you listening, um, 
and watching, if you've not checked out Brad's Instagram, Brad does a pretty regular, this was what my workout was today. Yeah. So I, I, I just started that. So I, I started doing something new. Uh, so I will be 40 in six months. Um, actually, well, five months now because we're month, one month in. So okay. I, I knew we were pretty much the same age. So let's see. Yeah. Where I'm on this. I'm, a, I'm December 18th. So I'm just, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a little older than you, just maybe like a, a month. Okay. Yeah. Because you're was, 40. You're 40 now? No, no. I'll be 40 in December. Oh, okay. So I'll be 40 in February. So I'm, I'm, okay. I'm eight months older than nine, 10 months older than you. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's good math. Yeah, there you go. No, I'll, I'll be 40 in February. You'll be 40 in December. I, I'm, you're the young whippersnapper here. You're, I'm your elder. You're doing it. You're doing math backwards. Oh, wait. <laughs> well, what? Okay. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm doing it backwards. Never mind. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so we've also, <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. We can't do math. We can do geology yeah, and, and neuroscience. Math, no, no. not so much. <laughs> anyway. When, when we were in Poland, at least we had the benefit of uh, claiming that it was the, the um, lack of sleep. And now yes, and the, the Celsius of Fahrenheit. No, that has nothing. To, <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, so I just started, uh, you know, posting all the, the workouts. I typically work out uh, Monday through Friday. I'll take the weekends off just to rest. Uh, but yeah, everything is on there. I'm just starting to, cause you know, in addition to, you know, your amazing book, I've been in the process of starting, you know, compiling all the information and data for mine. So this is kind of, you know, I, it started with, you know, obviously I was really out of shape when COVID hit. Uh, I had been doing some workouts at home, but it was really sporadic. And so was that a place where and it was funny? Cause I posted a couple pictures when I first started the people were like, you're not out of shape. What the hell are you talking about? Right. Um, but anyway, but I, I've been there. It's like, you know, even when I, when I broke my back and got out of the Marines, I was uh, like 220, 230 pounds. Right. Now I'm right around, you know, 160. Um, so I've been there. It's like, I know what it's like to be, you know, overweight and trying to lose weight. I know what it's like to be underweight and trying to put on muscle. Uh, and again, I have a pretty diverse background for that. I just enjoy doing it. And the other thing, it keeps me accountable as well. I mean, just putting it out there knowing it's like, okay, I'm going to do a video today. I can't skimp on this workout because I'm going to have to say exactly what I did. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I actually really like, you know, I like hearing your workouts. Like there was one day you did legs and you puked almost. And like, I was like, that's my boy. That's, that's my boy. I, I really relate to that, you know? Yeah. And to me, it's like, you know, it's, we talk about, you know, with the Wim Hof stuff and, you know, yoga and meditation, that's all that's training your mind. To me, right. the mind is a lot more difficult to train than your body is, but through training your body, you can start to discipline and train your mind. It's, it's a lot. I mean, it's not only going to the gym, it could be, you know, doing something like fasting, uh, right. which is obviously fantastic for your body, but it's a discipline. It's like learning how to not only tame your ego, but how do I feel? And I used to be that guy who, you know, I say I get hangry or get mad when I'm, when I'm hungry. Yeah. And now when I'm traveling and doing events and especially when I do workshops, you know, I, I normally don't eat, I, I won't eat that day until after the workshop's over. It's just Me easier. Me too. I, what, what I always find it's, it's crazy. Like the whole day, I don't even really think about eating. And then mm -hmm. I make myself, usually I'll make myself eat like a protein bar or just something during like the lunch break mm -hmm. just because I'm like, okay, I've noticed that if I don't eat at all, then I might kind of feel a little tired. But what happens is at the end of the workshop, I'm like, 
my God, I'm starving. What, what, you know, yeah. it's like hits, you know, at that point. Yeah. But that, I mean, it's so funny because uh, we, we, some of the things you talked about in the book, you know, between sleep and all these different things that help your, I mean, fasting is the simplest one. And even just intermittent fasting, doing a 14, 16 hour window, you know, eating at, you know, 6 p.m. and then, you know, waiting and, you know, skipping breakfast and then just going right to lunch. And the biggest thing with that is, um, so I, I, I'm sure you've probably mentioned this before. I mean, I looked through a bunch of your videos, but just, I mean, it's called cell autophagy. Uh, so meaning your body is eating the old cells and using those as energy. We don't have food. So the great thing about that is your body is so smart. It's going to eat or use up the diseased, damaged, broken cells first. So it's a, I hate, you know, the term cleanses, you know, now it's, it's one of those woo woo things. No, I'm going to take a cleanse. Like, you, know, you don't need to take anything. Just don't eat for a little while. It's like your, your Neolithic grandma story in the book. It's like grandma didn't know when her next meal was coming. So when she did come across a blueberry bush, she ate every damn berry off the bush because she doesn't know when her next meal's coming. But now you, you go to 7-Eleven, if you eat everything at 7-Eleven, you're gonna be overweight and obese. It's like, you and can't think, do that. And I think that's one of the most difficult things for us as modern humans, you know, and, and, and not to go on and on about the book, but let's talk a little bit about like, this is, sure. this is something that I think that we can both relate to is, is learning how to interpret these signals. And, and I do, I call it, I call it messages from your Neolithic grandmother. Yeah. And we, we have, I, I want to honor those people and all of our ancestors, you know, it's, I mean, we're here as a result, you know, mm -hmm. so you did good guys. I mean, I mean, thank you. The thing is we've, we've, as a species, we adapted an enormous amount of our, our biochemistry is adapted to, to seek out things that were once in scarcity or that, um, or, and to, and, and we don't have those same kind of um, drives for things that are good for us. Mm -hmm. Like I used to wonder, I was like, okay, so they're telling me that the stuff that I like to eat is bad, <laughs> you know? And then there's this other stuff that I, I don't really like to eat, but that's good, right? Now, why doesn't my brain give me the, the chemicals when I eat the stuff that's good for me? You know, and why is it that my brain gives me the chemicals? And so it took some research to figure out, okay, now I start to understand there, there's some, some biology here. And at one time, if it was sweet, it was rare. It was rare to find fruit you know and and it was also full of nutrition right at the time we didn't have candy you know we didn't have those things and so and so it, it took a lot to for at least for me to, to figure out some of this some of these these mechanisms at play and when you understand them it's like okay well of course i'm going to feel like eating sweet and salty all day um, sure so so i, I i'm I, I'm going to add some, one thing, and I'm not sure if this is in the book because I didn't go through every single detail, but the, the biggest thing, too, is your taste buds are being hacked by all of these companies who are producing these foods. They, ha they pay exorbitant amounts of money to have researchers look at which foods are going to be most addictive. They do things like pairing certain foods together. So it is a really quick example. Um, if you go to a restaurant and you get you know, a steak, nice and put some salt on it, you get some French fries. And then you're thinking, oh, I couldn't eat anything else. I'm completely stuffed. I just had this giant steak and French fries. 
And then all of a sudden they say, do you want dessert? And now you're looking at ice cream and sweets and, and you say, well, I could eat some ice cream or some cake because your brain, but basically your, your digestive system will get, you know, fatigued of one type of food. But then if you were to switch, you could actually eat more of that. It's what competitive eaters will do. Like the guys who eat, you know, 70 hot dogs, they'll also try to they'll get in more like something sweet to then allow them to eat more of the salty thing. So your taste buds are being hacked by all these companies. It's like the whole, you know, I bet you can't eat just one chip or like you're looking at like how they're pairing these flavors and it's this mindless eating people sitting in front of a TV who are just, you know, it's like, where'd the whole bag of Doritos go? It's just like, Oh Jesus. I just yeah. I ate the whole thing. Right. But yeah. So much that is naturally addictive. And then whenever you get the, the modern science involved, I mean, we can really, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing what we can do. And, and of course we're suffering as a, as a result, you know, I didn't talk about that particular thing in the book and, but you're absolutely right. You know, and, um, it, it's, it's almost, it's kind of sickening to think about just how purposeful, uh, these things are, you know, in making these things addictive, uh, and so mm -hmm. spread, you know, one of the things here in the United States, and I have, I struggle with this is, is caffeine, um, addiction, you know? using caffeine. And I think anybody, I think especially it's really pervaded the fitness world um, because they've had all of these delicious tasting um, pre-workouts and uh, energy drinks and things like that. And, and I didn't realize just how specific it was to the United States until we went to Europe and I didn't see like that. And yeah. so, um, here in the United States, I mean, if you think about what, first of all, if you think about what our Neolithic grandmother had as far as caffeine, it was barely anything, right? I mean, um, really when it comes to caffeine as a regular source of energy, it's a very modern invention. And, and then you, you get caffeine anhydrous, which is what's in most energy drinks or pre-workouts and things like that. And we can just decide how much to put in. It's not paired with like, for instance, like green tea or things like that with like, for instance, L-theanine and all these other natural biochemicals that can kind of you know, and, and not to mention tannins, uh, you know, which is going to somewhat limit the amount of, of tea that you're going to drink because you just get sick if you drink too much. No, we can make it down to, we can put it in a pill. We can have, you know, all these other things. And, you know, the average, you know, I remember whenever, remember when Red Bull first came out, we're the same age. You remember, yeah. remember Jolt too. Remember Jolt? Oh yeah. Jolt Cola. That was, that was That's huge. throwing it back a little bit. Yeah. We were little kids. And that had, you know, a lot of caffeine in it, which, I mean, we're talking maybe 50 milligrams of caffeine. Yeah. And then came, you know, Red Bull. It's going to give you wings. It had so much caffeine. It's going to give you wings. 88 milligrams of caffeine. And let's mix that with a depressant like alcohol. And you're really oh, yeah. What's like, genius, <laughs> genius idea, right? And then, but now you go and you look at these, these energy drinks, these pre-workouts, um, I, I, I have not seen an energy drink or a pre-workout with less than 150 milligrams in it. Um, and then most of them are going 300, 400 milligrams of caffeine in one drink. Yeah. It's I, crazy. I don't, I don't do, I don't really do caffeine. It's funny. I, that's why I do another reason why I do ice baths in the morning. Yeah. You won't need a cup of coffee after you jump into an ice bath. So that's, uh, that's so that, that to me is, is huge. And that's one thing where I was, I was kind of hooked whenever we went to Poland 
And then it, there just wasn't the, the ample amounts of caffeine. And so I was really fortunate. Uh, it really helped me reduce. And then in March of this year, I was starting to get heartburn and stuff like that from coffee. So I just quit and, um, and I reduced my caffeine. And then basically I went caffeine free completely for about a month. And then just recently I've been able to have, I've been having just like a cup of coffee, hmm. you know, I've had, you know, a little hot tea here and there. And it, yeah. and it like, wow, there's. Yeah. Have, it's funny. Cause I'll probably do coffee maybe once or twice a week. Yeah. Um, but I'll do it if, like on a Sunday or something. It's not like a, okay, I need this. I don't like having anything where I feel like if I don't have this, then my body is going to be like, you know, having coffee withdrawals or caffeine withdrawals. A dependency is, I, I want to try to avoid dependency. That's, mm -hmm. I, I feel like to be free, you can't, you shouldn't have to, you know, it, being dependent and being free are, yeah. are two different things, right? And mm -hmm. so I'm really working hard to try to make sure to, to try to manage the temptation uh, to, to drink coffee every morning or, you know, the things like that. But that's where breath work comes into play. And, and, and that's where, you know, there are techniques specifically that give you energy. Um, and of course, hey, you know, hey, guess what? Hey, hey, there it is again. <laughs> but you know, but that's something that where, where, when it comes down to, you know, what caffeine is, you know, when, you can make your own adrenal response, you can put yourself into a, a sympathetic state, you can actually do this without chemicals. I love the I mean, an ice bath in the morning. I mean, you are awake. You are exactly. ready. There's no going back to bed after that. It's just no, not happening. No. Exactly. Not You've made the commitment at that point. Yes. You've the boats. You're yeah. going. And, and, you know, add that with breath work. There's so many different styles. Um, there's some styles that are specifically, specifically for, um, for in, increasing energy. Some of the ones that I, I cover, I cover a few from Pranayama, Bhastrika, uh, 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 Kablavati. There's other ones in there, some techniques that I, I, I try to cover. Some of them, one of them is called Top Triangle. There's a few other ones. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, the, the thing is, what I found is that it's, it's amazing just what breath regulation will do. Just, just to be, mm -hmm. do those things for a while. And then you start, then you step back and you're like, oh, wow, that's, that's real. That actually happened. Yeah. I actually have a question for you with, with the breath regulation. So actually, I've been meaning to ask you about this is popped in my head. Cool. So going back to the, the strength and conditioning and the workout. So obviously, we both do, you know, weights and do weight training. Yes. Um, what specifically do you, if anything, do you do um, prior to sets or during a set or after a set? Any, all three. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so before I do any workouts, so before I go to do a workout, um, and this is, this, this changes depending on how I feel, but what I try to do before a workout, I will do either Bostrika. So I, I'm really a big fan of Bostrika. There's two different styles of Bostrika that I describe in the, in the book. Um, but I, I tend to do the style of Bostrika. And the funny thing is I've learned it from two very good teachers. It's just that they, two different, apparently two different schools. Mm -hmm. but, um, but basically I, I like to do the one with the hands, with the arms and the hands. And that's, sure. that's, my favorite one for, and of course, I'm going to do some weight training, right? So might as well to get a little mobility, get a little warm up there. Sure. But that really helps with, with giving me a lot of energy, but it's not the kind of energy that is, uh, 
you know, like, like the caffeine energy. It's, it's the kind sure. of energy that I can go in there and I'm still focused. I'm, my heart rate is, is up, but it's not like it's thump, 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 right? Yeah. It's, it's just, you're kind of opening up. Yeah, more of the flow state than that. Yeah. Exactly. And I like, I like the way that feels. I will oftentimes, after doing some Bastrika, I'll also do maybe, maybe three rounds of Wim Hof Method style. Um, the only problem is um, I don't like to do Wim Hof Method style breath work before I do weight training. And the reason for that is I think it's just that I feel so relaxed after it. I, I want to, and so, so I'll do some super ventilation, but I always end with something I call in the, in the, in the book, and I forget what page it's on, but it's, it's in the chapter for energy and, and I'll do some top triangle and you can do that. The cool thing is with top triangle, you can do it just walking as you walk from your car to the gym. To yeah. the, and so I'll do some of that. And then that's basically what I'll do beforehand. As I work out, I'm always going to really, I really, really focus on nasal only breathing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big, big fan and I'm not, and just because I, you know, it's one of those things where I have so much room to work. I have so much that I need to work on on myself. So I don't want to act like it's, this is, this is unfinished, right? We're never finished. Yeah. That. Oh, absolutely. But, um, but I try to always push my CO2 threshold. I always try to push myself yeah. where um, I'm, I'm feeling that. Now with the gym that I go to now, I have to wear a mask the entire time. Oh, do you? And See, that's tough. Because yeah, you're, so you're rebreathing in that same CO2 that you're blowing out. So you're making your body even, you know. So, and, and so this is, and, and, you know, I'm not making any kind of a statement or anything, you know, in this, in sure. this if you say anything about masks, one way or another, people are going to jump down your throat. But what I, what I will say is, if you're working on, if you're, if you're trying to put yourself in a state where you're working on your CO2 tolerance and you're trying to increase your CO2 tolerance, mm -hmm. well, a mask actually is kind of helpful because you're going to you're not able to rid yourself of all the co2 you're you're exhaling sure. so so you're going to become um you're going to th th that threshold is going to be tested much faster so sure. doing you know if i do some cardio um you know I'll, i will feel that urge to breathe and i have to really work on that as i, as I do it now when i'm doing my my weight training um i I don't, I didn't include this in the book, um, but I'll let you know. I'll tell you, I, I tend to do, I, I, I try to always exhale um, during the, um, oh, now, now I'm going to have to ask you, what is, okay, concentric eccentric. Right? Yeah, eccentric is coming back. Yeah, the relaxation yeah. is eccentric. Concentric is when your muscles are contracting. Right, ah, see, okay. I did, yeah. I, I am a, a personal trainer as well, but. I, I sometimes get these things confused. Anyway, nah, that's okay. so on concentric motions, um, I will exhale. On eccentric motions, I will inhale. Mm -hmm. And so that's backwards from some trainers. Some trainers are exactly the opposite. Mm -hmm. and, but I have, what I try to do is I try to exhale whenever, I, whenever I'm exerting pressure and force. And yes. what, what I have found is that that helps keep my core stable. It's a, it's a good stabilizer for my core. Oh, absolutely. That's why I do that. And then now post-workout, and I describe this in the book, um, but post-workout, I do a, so before my protein shake, all right, before whatever I do with my post-workout meal or anything like that, I go and I find a kind of a, a quiet place in the gym 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I put my headphones on. I switched the music from angry. Uh, you know, I do the same exact thing. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I'll, I'll change to like hand pan music and just yeah. something with a nice chill tone. And then um, I, there's, a, there's a 90-90 pose. It's in the book. There, I actually have a picture of myself doing it. Yeah. Uh, also, I do describe this. If you go to uh, Testosterone Nation on online, I wrote an article and you can read it. But, but basically, I go to that and I stay there in that pose and I do the, the, the breathing technique uh, for getting into a parasympathetic state. And I do that for at least five minutes, mm-hmm. possibly up to 10 minutes. It depends on a few things. The biggest thing that it depends on is did I do HIT? Is this, is this, um, how hard did I really push my, my nervous system, right? Did sure. I really get into a serious fight or flight or is it kind of typical? But I try to bring my heart rate down yep. and people can argue about whether or not that is a great uh, way to measure whether or not you're in your parasympathetic or sympathetic, but it, for, by and large, it's a very simple way. If you're back into resting heart rate range, Mm-hmm. you're probably in your parasympathetic state. You're more likely to digest your post-workout meal. Yep. Um, you're, you're not in that stress state. Your hormones switch. You know, you're no longer producing all that cortisol and adrenaline. You're back into producing maybe some testosterone, which mm-hmm. you know what we're going to talk about this in a second. This is going a little longer than I was hoping, but uh, I'm having Whatever. fun. Yeah, it's so, good, good conversation. I'm, I'm yeah. good. So. See, this is the thing. Whenever you haven't seen a friend for a while. Exactly. And, uh, hey, let's and we, all, we like too much of the same stuff. So, it's just... yeah. so <laughs> but anyway, so, so I try and, and I'm almost, I mean, it's, it's one of those, you, you really can feel a state change and I'm mm-hmm. looking for that change in state and that yeah. it takes practice and you know how it works. Sure. Um, whenever it comes down to, I'm okay. I'm not fight or flight anymore. I'm closer to taking a nap than I am. And you were just a second ago, yeah. the wall, killing yeah. it again. But okay, in, in a matter of five minutes, usually less, but about five, maybe sometimes more, but about five minutes with the right breathing. And then mm-hmm. I, I do a posture. I try to smile the whole time. I'm sending as many bagel signals as I can. Yeah. Then I leave the gym, try to be relaxed. And if I did caffeine... You know, sometimes I'll do uh, now, most of the time I don't, but if I did caffeine, maybe uh, to, to get pumped up for the gym, I make sure the rest of the day I don't do any caffeine at all. Yeah. You know, that's the only real time I'm going to do caffeine is before I work out anymore. Yeah. I, I try not to, but I really try to bring it down. Then I'll have my post-workout shake or whatever it is I'm going to do. And I try to stay in that parasympathetic state. Yeah. Because... It- yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say it was funny because I was curious to see your because I, I was assuming it was very similar to what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, so I mean, I whenever I get there, I mean, normally when I would do you know Wim Hof method breathing in the morning, uh, yeah. jump in my ice bathtub, head to the gym. Uh, normally, I was going into the sauna and the gym just oh, up until the up. point just before like when you just start to sweat, so that I know my body is you know fully warmed up. If once you break a sweat, it's like you're done. Get out of the sauna. Yeah. Uh, obviously now a lot of songs are closed, so I'm not doing that. Um, but then I go into uh, just foam rolling, so self myofascial release. 
Yeah. But with that too, I'm focusing on slow, steady breathing. You know, I don't count anymore, but you know, if I had to guess, it's about, you know, four or five, six second inhale, equal amount, exhale. Yeah. Because the other thing that happens with that too, specifically if you're stretching or you're foam rolling, you have uh, what are called Golgi tendon organs, which are attached to your tendons and then muscle spindles uh, right inside embedded in your muscle fibers that prevent you from pulling muscle. So if you slow your breathing down, you're going to allow these to relax to get a better stretch to get deeper into that muscle tissue. Uh, I always start with, you know, fascial release, getting out some knots and kinks, but I can do that while I'm still calm, while I'm still, you know, mindfully, you know, staying present and peaceful. Uh, and then as soon as I go into my, I go into like a dynamic warm up, and then it's like, you know, change over, rage against right. the machine or some like Cypress Hill or something crazy going. Um, and then the big thing that I do specifically when I'm lifting is, Every time before each set, I'll just take three or four just kind of cleansing breaths, almost like a Wim Hof method round, but I'm only doing, you know, three or four breaths uh, just to calm myself, focus myself down for that set. Uh, and the set, obviously, I'm focusing on, you know, kind of, you know, squeezing out, blowing out as I'm contracting, uh, staying calm during the, the, the set. Uh, the big thing that I do as well, is as soon as the set's over, uh, I usually limit my rest time to, you know, about a minute, depending on what I'm, if I'm doing you know, pull-ups and squats, it might be, you know, 90 seconds or something a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. uh, what I like to do is, so if I have a minute rest, I'll take that rest time and split it in half. So if I have a minute rest for the first 30 seconds after I finish the set, and I'm going to failure, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gassed a little bit. Yeah. Focusing more on blowing out, exhaling, just slow, steady breaths when I'm doing this. Mm-hmm to get some of that CO2 buffer out some hydrogen ions so that I'm ready for the next set. So I'm doing that for, you know, about 30 seconds. Uh, and then I'll kind of change over and then start doing some big inhales through the nose uh, to get ready for the next set. And then I'm doing the same process repeating as I'm going throughout. But to me, one, it's going to help your, you know, your muscle endurance. Just, I mean, it's not going to affect your overall power. Uh, it will affect your strength because you're able to do maybe that one or two more reps per set. If you're breathing properly before, during, and after the set, getting ready for the next one. It's funny. I was, you know, I mentioned before I was watching football before, you know, we got on the podcast and it's so funny. You see athletes and they're, you know, huffing and puffing. They even have the oxygen on their face and they're breathing wrong. They're not even taking like a full breath. I'm like, why aren't they doing this right? Well, and this is something um, I see with a lot of athletes I train. They're, they're, they're in, in, the, in amazing shape. You know, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll test them when we first meet. I always, I always do a CO2 tolerance test. Yep. But before then, I, I always want to know, okay, um, I check their heart rate. And there'll be people, I mean, their heart rate is 50 uh, or below. I mean, they're in that good of cardiovascular shape. Sure. Uh, undefeated you know in their their whatever sport mostly mma guys and, and people that are like that mm -hmm. and just fantastic athletes mm -hmm. and uh then i'll test the co2 tolerance and it's barely there and yeah. then uh your breath wave okay that's that's a lot of times it'll be it'll be uh paradoxical mm -hmm. and, and so but i always i always try to tell a person and, and sometimes again this is where our egos get into to play we want to hear hey everything's fine you're off, you know, but I tell a person, well, look, you're, you're a champion, you're, you know, or you're, you're operating at a very high level already. You're already really doing great. Mm -hmm. Look at this. You're doing great with like a flat tire. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing great. And then there's these things that are lagging significantly. And if we just focus on these areas, 
Mm-hmm. Just imagine how well you're going to do. And normally yeah. whenever a person gets it explained that way, because that's, that's for me, you know, I've got deficiencies that I, I can see in the mirror and that I, you know, I've mobility has always been something that um, I've resisted. I think all, mm-hmm. especially, you know, guys, uh, you know, resist it. Or, but I think all human beings, we resist mobility until we have some injury that we have to fix, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, you find these things and you're like, wow, okay, I'm, I'm operating at a pretty good level already. If I just address my deficiencies, just imagine what's going to happen. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I see, you know, athletes a lot of times with, with improper breath waves, you're not even accessing the full, those lower lobes, man. You know, yeah. those, that's everything, everything. Or just, I mean, just the pace of it. It's like, you're, they're almost, they're it's like, they're panic breathing and they're, while they're trying to recover after a set, it's like, um, so yeah, I mean, obviously that's huge. And the other big thing that I do as well that you were doing with your workouts is I will make sure after I finish, I am taking some time to stretch, slowing my breathing down while I'm still in the gym. And important thing that you said before I have my protein shake, because if you're still in that, you know, sympathetic fighter, you're still panicked. You're not going to be able to digest and use that anyway. So yeah. I make sure I'm, you know, calming my system down. But then also, like we talked about, you know, using the gym as that therapy session where I can be like, fuck you, wait, I'm going to get this yeah. energy out. But then by the time before I even leave, I'm not taking any of that energy with me. I'm back down to, you know, putting on some Enya or some, you know, handpan music, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, just jamming out as I'm stretching. I feel like, you know, you, you remember, you know, the quote uh, about uh, it's better to be a uh, warrior in a garden than a, a gardener in a war. Yeah. Okay. And I, feel, I feel like that is what you're doing whenever, whenever you take your, your, those sessions seriously, you're, you're honing that, you know, you're walking out as the warrior in the garden. And you're honing that, that inner, um, that, that we let anger build up. We let all these things. And I don't know how many people I, you know, so many people that I, I look at and, you know, I would say you're just a very level-headed person and, you know, you're very in touch with yourself and it's like, yeah, if I don't go to the gym pretty regularly, you know, there's, there's things I do for therapy. Yes. Oh, exactly. Yeah. That's what, when COVID hit, it was hard for me. And people were like, why are you so stressed? I'm like, I need to go like throw some weights around. And I'm using bands at home. I'm like, these things, I'm ready to like, I'm ready to rip a band apart by after like two or three weeks of band. I literally, I filled up like milk jugs and I had them in like a backpack and I'm doing like weighted squats with every, like I'm lifting the couch I was like anything I could possibly find that I could, I'm like, I need to lift something and I need to do it in an angry manner right now. <laughs> you know, um, I hear you, man. I, it's, it's, I think COVID hit a lot of us really hard because it, it disrupted a lot of those mm-hmm. positive uh, outlets that, that people had for managing. Yeah. And, and the, it was so funny to use that, you know, the, the gardener in a war, warrior in a garden quote. I like to tell people, you know, what I teach and what I do in terms of my coaching and everything that I'm doing, it's, you know, learning how to cultivate that, you know, having that warrior's heart with a philosopher's mind and a poet's soul and finding the balance between I can go to the gym and be angry at these weights. And then I can, you know, come home and sit in an Epsom salt bath with a candle burning with some, you know, meditation music going. And I love both of them equally. It's that fullness, right? It's that wholeness. Um, any, any one of those things, if you take it just by itself, I think is lacking. And, and I want to, you know, obviously we 
respectful of if you're not into weight training, it's not like, oh, wow. But, you know, I think it's important for, for us all to get a physical, some kind of a physical challenge mm-hmm. on a regular basis, engage that body in, in something that's challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my wife is a long distance runner and, you know, she really, she got into ultra marathons and, and just, I'm like, how, I don't know how you can run this far. You know, and of course, talk about injuries. I got, I've got two torn meniscuses, right? At one of them, I tore while trying to be the good husband. And I was like, I'm going to run with you. I'm going to train for a marathon too. Oh no, don't blame your wife for that. That's, no, that's no, I, <laughs> Yeah, I should. Well, it was, I blame my, my stupidity because I was like, of course I applied. I've, I've always been the kind of person, and this is something that, Again, we learn virtue, hopefully, as we, as we continue mm-hmm. not to die. Um, sure. and, and one of the virtues I've had to really focus on is tempering my, uh, my, my, will, my, my desire to overdo everything. Yes. You know? And so, you know, I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm first day, I'm going to run, you know, insane amount of miles. And I didn't even have the right shoes. And I didn't know what <laughs> It was yeah, that, see, that's the problem when you start, you know, learning all the self-empowering stuff and understanding the Wim Hof method and breathwork and meditation, you, you really start to understand that, you know, I can do anything. But yeah. then the next question becomes, should I do this? <laughs> like, just because I can doesn't mean it's a good idea. Well, and, and I think you have to learn to respect the, the I, I think you have to learn how to respect time and patience because the body is going to is going to perform for you as long as you are good to it, and same thing with the mind. What you put into your mind, is, you know, is very important. And when you expect overnight results, you know, here in the West, we've really loved this one simple trick, clickbait stuff. Yeah. And I think that's why I think that's one of the reasons why people get so turned off from. Yeah. Fit- and health and, and, and wellness is because yeah. they've earned so many times, you know? And so, you know, it takes time, but you celebrate the journey, right? You mm-hmm. celebrate these milestones. It's like, I remember when I couldn't do, I couldn't do a single pull-up and pull-ups, you know, you see people on the movies and they, they, they pull themselves up and all these, and things. it makes it look easy, it makes it look easy, but it's a real challenge. And, and so I remember I was like, well, I guess I'll go over here and I'll do some pull-ups, I guess, you know, and I just hung onto the bar and this is all that happened, you know, (laughs) okay, anytime now. And and so recognizing that, okay, uh, small changes over time pays off, you know, effort over time that it's a, it's, that's the equation and patient and being just thankful that you get to, to do it. Right. Being well, whenever you get sore and say, okay, well, there's, there's some growth happening or, you know, well, the problem is we, we live in a society where everything is instant. You know, yeah. you order something on Amazon and it's your, it's at your door like 30 seconds later. It's like you like, press the buy now. It's like, okay, I want it. Like, give me it. Um, yeah. Order this book. <laughs> and it'll, it'll show up at your door 10 seconds later. Thanks to. It is. We, we've, I, and, and this is again, part of that modern, human condition is that we're disconnected from this natural rhythm um, because, well, you know, so much of growth comes from stress. And if you stress yourself too much, you cause irreparable damage. If you stress yourself just enough with time and, and, and patience, you become stronger. And, 
you know, and that's, that's the principle of weight training, cold training, breath work, all of these things. So I got to ask you though, I got to ask you, since we're both turning 40, have you checked your testosterone? Like got my blood tested? Yeah. Have you ever checked your testosterone? No, I have not. Okay. So I tested my testosterone. I, I, there's a company called base that I'm using and, uh, they reached out to me and they're, they're, they're they do this functional medicine. So they, they check okay. your testosterone. And, uh, so I was like, okay, I'm about to turn 40. I've tested my testosterone a few times since I've been 35 mm -hmm. and it's always been a little low, uh, lower than ideal. And so I tested it again with base and it's like 65% of ideal. So, so my goal now, my goal, I'm like, okay, I've never really messed with it before. I've always felt like I was, I never had any of the symptoms of low testosterone. You know, my, my confidence is fine. My, you know, my muscle and uh, fat, you know, I've never had any issues there. But I'm like, you know what? Again, coming back to the finding our deficiencies and, and uh, you know, trying to, to say, okay, well, if, if, I'm if I'm doing this well with the deficiency, just imagine how well we could do. I don't know. I, I often wonder, you don't know until you test it. Sure. But, I don't no, know. I haven't gotten. It's funny because I mean, I, I'll look at every aspect of my health. Yeah. From you know, I mean, you know, tracking my sleep, tracking my heart rate, my heart rate variability, tracking, you know. So I, I think I have a good base of you know where I'm at, and to me, as long as I don't feel like I'm I'm lacking, I mean, sure, can I do the same workouts that I was doing when I was you know 24 in the Marines? It's like no, back then it's like you could drink you know, 12 beers at night, go out for a run in the morning and then go lift weights and then you're fine. Yeah. Um, do it all again the same, the next. Exactly. Time. So yeah. I, I mean, the, the biggest thing I've noticed just with recovery time, um, normally my ideal, if I'm lifting, I'll just do uh, two days off. Normally I'll do Monday, Tuesday, or excuse me, two days on. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, a rest recovery yoga day, and then lifting Thursday, Friday, and then I have two days in between. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, lifting different body parts, different muscle groups. But to me, that's, you know, that's worked out for me. I used to love lifting, you know, five days a week. Uh, that's not happening anymore. And even this, you know, I, I think it's cycling the workouts too. Like even this week, I just did three days. Right. Just taking some time off. I still do five days a week lifting. And then I'll, um, I'll, I'll usually do four days where I do cardio with those lifting times as well. Then I take the weekends off and, um, I, you know, I, I feel like it's weird. It's, it's just kind of weird. I think my, I think really it comes down to, I'm, I'm such a, I've always been a nervous energy kind of guy, you know? And I think, of course, back in my early, earlier days, I didn't know how to manage it. Um, sure. so, so I'm just, I'm just making it known to you. You can ask me about it when, when, when you turn 40, Right. First of all, I'm going to turn 40 first. So yes, I, you are. I, yeah, I don't have, mind me. I, I forgot I what month it like, was. Is it? Is it? It's good. We're going to have an extravaganza. <laughs> That's good, man. I'm in. My goal here, I, I, I'm trying to make it to where it's out on the waves, out in the, in the world, so people kind of – you're going to hold me to it. My goal is to bring my testosterone up. One of the things my, I'm going to do is apply breath work to it. And I think it's specifically something that – uh, it's just the way I, I manage stress. 
So I'm actually going to be applying more breath work than I have even in even thus far in my life because literally the way you breathe affects you know your hormones and so so I am going to be doing that a lot more and so there is there is that's I'm gonna and the thing is um, yeah so I, I wonder how I mean if I'm at sixty five percent I mean dude I, I wonder how I'll feel whenever I'm at a hundred percent. I'm so, not, well, can't this? This is somewhat of a. I, I don't know the answer to this. So, can you get it back up to a hundred percent for where you are? If at your age, is it like a hundred percent for your age range, or is it compared to so you know, twenty-five year old? It's basically like where the ideal level is for a male. And I okay. don't know. I, I think they're taking into account that I'm not eighteen, right? Okay. Uh, as long as it's age, I didn't know if you're saying you're trying to get back to you know where your testosterone was when you were. That would be your roaring twenty. That would be fantastic. That would, that would be wonderful and scary at the same that'd be, time. I think that'd be too. That's like going out with a loaded gun every day. You know, it's just too too much. You need to calm down. No, that that's like getting on the roids, uh, you know, or something. Dude, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, we could go on and on forever, and I'm gonna have you back probably sometime this coming week, uh, just because. Definitely, man. I, and I said this before, we should just start a regular thing. You know, I, I, you know, wanted to get into the podcast thing. And then to me, it just, it got, I don't like talking just to the camera. I mean, I'll do my workouts and whatnot, but right. it's so much more fun just to like have this kind of conversation. And to me, we just scratch the surface. We could talk about, yeah. you know, yeah. so many different things. I, I think, I think one of the things I really want to talk about next time and just a teaser for next time is I do want to talk about uh, yoga and weight training. And, and I think those are, that's just an insanely powerful combination. So, mm -hmm. but, but that's our teaser for next time. Awesome. Uh, thanks so much, Brad Carson. If, uh, if people are looking for you, where can they find uh, you? And uh, what are you doing these days? Uh, you know, all the typical, you know, Insta face places. Uh, <laughs> it's at Limitless Brad on Instagram. Uh, and my website is uh, ltbradcarson.com. So lieutenantbradcarson.com. Um, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I'm always eager to help anyone in any way that I can, because like, you know, we talked about, we've been there, yeah. so we're, you know, we've been struggling. So it's nice to be in a place where you can get back. And again, congratulations to you on the book. Hey, uh, it's awesome. If you guys are interested, get it. It's, there's so much information. Uh, it's really easy to understand. Uh, and I, you know, I don't blow smoke, so I wouldn't be, it's funny cause I was nervous about doing it. I wanted to make sure I had the book read first just in case I, I can't give out a review until I've gone through it but yeah amazing stuff thanks I again bud I appreciate that a lot man so thanks so much for being on the show and I uh, look forward to having you back again guys take a look at the links below and uh, you can check out Brad uh, at all those links if you haven't joined my Patreon club what are you doing join my Patreon club the breath club uh, every month we do three uh, around three new breathing guided breathing sessions and uh, you're going to recognize some things that I talk about in the book. And you're going to say, hey, oh, cool. I know what this is doing now that I've read the book. So take a look at that. Links below. Um, the book is a practical guide to breath work. It is available on Amazon uh, right now. So check that out. Guys, thanks so much for watching. Don't forget to go out there and be kind to one another.